We praise God and exalt his name because he is God. And we thank him for your presence. Father, in the name of Jesus, this is Elder Anton Seals and Elder Jennifer Seals in her absence, oh God. We ask you right now to bless um, our guest that's on with us tonight, Apostle, um, excuse me, Elder Mark Reed. Uh, I want to welcome him and thank God for him. But Father, as we before we even go any further, we exalt your name. We praise you. We adore you. We magnify you because you are God and God alone. And beside you, there is none other. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to have your way. Lift up our hands in the sanctuary and give you all the praise, all the glory. Lord, we praise and wait upon thee. Praise, wait upon thee. That's what I was reading uh, about a half hour ago, just praise waits upon thee, O God. We wait, O God. That praise comes because, Lord, we bow down and worship. We bow down and, and repent. We bow down, O God, that you would hear the cries of your people, O God, that you would receive the prayers, that our prayers of those who are prayer leaders, prayer worshipers, and teachers, and ministers, and pastors, and bishops, apostles, hear the cries of your people, Lord, as we bow down and worship you and welcome you into the service of everything that we do on our lives. Lord, that you are our prayers become a sweet smell in your nostril. Even right now, God, touch in the name of Jesus, our speaker. Blot out any, uh, uh, any interference that we might get from, from the internet, oh God. We thank you for clarity of sound, clarity of signal, and Lord, just a quickening of the Holy Spirit that stirred up in him. Use him for your glory. Use AJS ministry, the tabernacle of fire that's in you. The tabernacle of fire podcast tonight is the presence of God. It's our meeting places. So we welcome you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We're excited to, to let you know that as we go forward a little bit about our guest. Glory be to your name, God. We thank you for him. We thank you that he is not only a member uh, at Prayer Tower Ministries, Church of God in Christ, and we lift up our hands and give you a praise offering, God, and thanking you for covering him, thanking you for our guests that are live right now. Okay. Uh, Evangelist Gene Blair is with us out of Florida. Brother Deacon Stanley Neville is one of my prayer partners who leads prayer also with the uh, um, men's power line on Monday uh, mornings at six o'clock and also partners with us and a friend and been fellowshipping for over almost two years. So we thank God for the thank fellowship God. Thank God. and praise God for his presence. And so we want to introduce you, my brother in Christ, and thank God for Elder Mark Reed. He is the husband of one wife, uh, Evangelist Beverly Reed. Uh, who is the mother of, uh, of, of only nine children, he says. Hallelujah. We celebrate 50 years of marriage this past October, and they have lived in Park Forest, Illinois, for over 40 years. Elder grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. He is a veteran of the Vietnam era and retired in 2011 after 30 years of medical service and a medical electronic field service engineer in the greatest and in the greater Midwest area. Elder Reed, after 25 years of trial and error, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost blessed him with the wisdom to invent the silent Basani. Did I say that? Silent right? Banzai. 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 Mm -hmm. Realistic, true to, to life, artificial Chinese style Banzai trees. Elder is an active member of the power, prayer power. Prayer Tower Ministry. Let me say that again. He's an active member of the Prayer Tower Ministry, Church of God in Christ out of Joliet, Illinois, where the bishop is uh, Warren Pastor, uh, Bishop Pastor Warren C. Doris, um, and also at the Prayer Tower Ministries. He's occasionally teaches on Wednesday nights. He's a Sunday school teacher as well. He also serves with the We Care Outreach Homeless Shelters Ministry, where they give food boxes and other supplies and needs to needy families. Bishop Doris has sanctioned his ministry of teaching. He has the gift of teaching, the gifts of help. So he served in the vineyard of work at Greater Deliverance Center Church of God of Christ of America in Hammond, Indiana. And he works and serves with uh, uh, Chief Apostle uh, Ray Lee. Hallelujah. So we want to give him a shout out. Under the leadership of Apostle Chief Apostle Bishop Ray Lee, pastor of the presiding bishop, uh, he's also the elder teacher, and he teaches there every Tuesday night a Bible class at Greater Deliverance, and it's by uh, Facebook. 
And so his testimony, I'm doing cartwheels, laughing all over myself because I am so blessed. Hallelujah. So blessed. Like <laughs> his, his testimony is I, he says he's doing he cartwheels. Hallelujah. Y'all see that smile? That's a cartwheel <laughs> smile. That, that's when you get this age, you can still look back and say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Is my strength. So, and, yes. and the amazing thing, the Fadeosa, as we get into this lesson today, and, and his topic today is seven challenges for a godly parent. Seven challenges. And he's going to be talking and teaching from Luke 15. So if you have your Bibles, get your Bible out. This is a Bible class, a Bible study. Get it out, take some notes, be ready to respond to them. But and, and in this day and age, we need to be teaching more about parenting skills because our children and go, oh my God, help us. And so Luke 15, 11 through 32. Luke 11 through 32. And so we yes, welcome you. God bless you and your wife. I pray she can get on and, and join you. But we thank God for you just being with us and praise God. I just want to say to people, when, when God spoke to Nehemiah to go rebuild the wall, he had to search for the right people. There were some folks that, 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 that he wanted, but God selected certain people that, and so there's a selection that's chosen. Many are called, many called, but only a few select chosen. But that doesn't mean we all don't have a place and a purpose of True. life. And so, but the, the, the Israelites had been so disobedient, the people of Israel, so, so disobedient. And just like the world today, but he wants you to know that he, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is the fact that he loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us, to give us everlasting, a gift of everlasting life beyond eternity. And it's with him in heaven. And so we welcome you, my brother. We thank God for the strength of the Lord. We thank God for favor on your life. And we turn it over to you for the next 45, 50 minutes as the Lord so leads. Amen. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Bless you. God bless you, sir. Uh, our gracious God, we praise you. We magnify you. We pray now that you would open up our understanding. Give me out of your word to share with these thy people. Bless it, break it, and sanctify it the more that, God, you would get all the praise, all the honor, get all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, the joy of the Lord in my soul, and I will be content in whatever state I find myself in. So we honor you, Elder Seals, uh, to your wife in her absence, uh, to my own companion, to my pastor, Bishop Warren Doris, and First Lady Rita Doris uh, for the prayer tower ministry, and for my church family, said that they would endeavor to uh, tune in to be an encouragement and strength to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to go to uh, the seven challenges for a godly parent, and I went to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 29 to 33, which I'm going to use more as a reference, but I want to lay a foundation. So when I go to Luke chapter 15, 1, 11 through 32, I'd be able to give you an idea of where we going from there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 29 to 33, the foundation that we will lay to support the structure of the building known as seven challenges for the godly parent. The building will reflect our outer appearance of what we would like to present to the world in which we live. Without going into a theological discussion of 1 Corinthians chapter seven, please allow me to use five verses and speak to those. Having anyone listening to the lesson feel excluded Therefore, briefly, Paul gives instruction to those who are single and those who are married, yet there is no direct mention of children. Verse 32, but I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord. Verse 33, but he that is married careth for things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. With these instructions, we should consider the building we build to present to the world, but more importantly, the foundation on which we build our lives. Both the single person and the married couple will individually present to the world, an unsaved world, what is meant to be true child of God. 
Jesus said in Luke 6, 46 through 48, and why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the floods arose, the steam beat, stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. And going back to the reference of 1 Corinthians 7, 29 to 31, the time is short, single or married, the godly parent, single or married, or those without children are all children of God. We are reminded, don't lose sight of what we present, don't lose sight of what we present to the world. We are subject to take the Lord and has blessing upon us in this life and subject to abuse it. Note, for the fashion of this world passes away. First John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Upon this foundation of digging deep, we need to lay a foundation, first of all, going back to that that was presented in 1 Corinthians, our faithfulness, if we are single, it should be to worship and honor God. If we are married, it says we care for the things of the world, meaning we should put our spouse as important, second only to God. Oftentimes we have a problem of we're putting jobs, things that uh, we define as important before God, and then we may put it in the wrong order. But I want to lay the foundation such that when we go and recognize our responsibility is to live a godly life, help raise our children in a godly manner so that the world would see and have a distinction to note that we belong to God. John 17, 15 through 17, I pray you, well, I pray not the father, excuse me. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, Jesus spoke this and his prayer was, we that are saved, we are in the world. And he asked the father not to take us out of the world, but he instructed or his prayer was such that we are kept from the evil of this world. So we cannot go out of the world because here we are. And it was God's divine plan to have the saved in the world as a light unto those that are walking in darkness. And our light should shine and deal with the light, deal with the darkness of men. It basically says that men deeds are evil because they love darkness. So when the light come, whether we own our job, in our home, wherever we go, we should bring the light of God's word. We should bring the light of what God is doing in our lives to basically let others know we do not have to continue in sin. We do not have to keep doing what we have done, thinking that just because everybody, it, so to speak, everybody else is doing it. No, you should testify. I'm not part of that. I've had situations where people say, well, you know, everybody's doing it. If we are not careful, we may find ourselves hearing that and not challenging it. And we will find ourselves doing some of the things that we thought we never should do because we bought into what everybody's doing. Save people work at it. And I'm mindful of what Jude says, contend earnestly, contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. It should be, we need to have a knowledge of what the saints did in times going by. Once we know what that, what that challenge was, what we contended for, we need to, in this day and time, embrace that and live such that we are contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. So that the world would recognize that here we are, we are here to serve and honor God, regardless to what the cost is going to be. With that, we should have counted up the cost when we got saved. We should now reevaluate day after day to make sure that we are falling true to what God has called us to be. In our 
building structure, Luke 15, 11 through 32, seven challenges for the godly person. We're going to start at verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. Verse 12, and the youngest of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Challenge number one. Remember our own childhood foundation. Again, challenge number one. Remember our own childhood foundation. What flaw in our childhood impacted our experience and how we live as an adult? Consider our sinful imagination that we once had, our past hurts, those verbal or physical abuses that we may have encountered, our disappointments and our unforgiveness from our childhood. A godly parent will be like a man which built a house and dig deep past all of the hurts, all of the disappointments, all of those things that happened in our past, as well as unforgiveness, and then prepare ourselves so that we build on the word of God. And if God says forgive, we forgive. Because if we won't forgive, God won't forgive us. So sometimes people are dealing with issues thinking that this happened in my childhood, you need to let it go. And I know someone said that's easier said than done. When all is said and done, part of how we deal with parenting is affected by how or what we dealt with in our childhood. The object is once we get saved, you need to see yourself in the light of God's word, God's word. Give it over to the Lord and say, Lord, I've had these issues from my past. I need to forgive. Sometimes people are dead and gone, and we still upset and angry at what they did or how they treated us. And if we're not careful, that then gets down in us. And we will, in fact, consciously, unconsciously, influence our children with some of those things that we have not forgiven, those things that we have not really dealt with and put on the altar. We have to see ourselves in God's word so that when he says it, our faith says, Lord, your word said forgive. I'm going to forgive. I don't care how long it's been. If by chance the person is still alive and you get the opportunity, pray about it. And go and say, I forgive you. That way you're not here hostage and you're here bondage to your past. One of the things that we want to do is put all of that under the blood of Jesus Christ. We may have had issues, put it under the blood. Pray, see God, allow for him to help us to move past all of those hurts and all the different things. There's nothing impossible with God. There's nothing too hard for God. It's a matter of us believing his word and yielding ourselves unto him. Challenge number two, don't lose sight that it is God who blessed us. Don't be an abuser. Verse 13, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We, when we don't seek God first, we take part in riotous living, not waiting on God. Somebody would say, well, that person went out and he went into the world and did riotous living. If we are not careful, we will abuse what God has blessed us with, thinking it belongs to us. It don't belong to us. Going back to 1 Corinthians 7, 29, 31, our children may have observed us not putting God first in our life. Be reminded that both they that have spouses as though they had none, and they buy as though they possess not, and they use this world and not abusing it. For the fashion of the world passes away Without salvation, we will find ourselves being blessed, having material gain, having children, having spouses, and things that God has so blessed us with. But if we are not careful, we will take them and think that they are personal. This belonged to me. This is my wife. These are my children. This is my house. 
this is my job and so forth. When all is said and done, God gave us the wherewithal and the ability to do whatever we do regard to education, regard to our wealth, regardless to what the families that we have. As much as we would try, if God don't bless us with children, we wouldn't have children. If God then, now that we are saved, then bless us with a companion, we could be still waiting. For those who are single, thank God that they are yet waiting on God, but while they're waiting on God, serve him, recognizing that it is God who blesses us. Let's not abuse what God has blessed us with. When our children look upon us and they are wondering what's going on, part of what we need to do is be careful how we interact around our children, because sometimes we will have the thought in our mind, this is mine. And I'll go when I want to, I'll come when I want. Uh, when all is said and done, we should be, uh, as Proverbs 3 speaks of, trust in the Lord with all thy, in all thy ways acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. When all is said and done, it sounds good, but are we actually doing that? In that, we say, put God first. Let him be the guide and the ruler of one's heart and serve God in the beauty of holiness. Also, challenge number three, fully understand number two. And when we fully understand number two, realize it's not ours, we then invest in God. Again, challenge number three, fully understand number two, then invest in God. Verse 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. You know the reason why we're in want? Because we are subject to be abusers. Malachi three and six, three and eight, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Verse 14 says, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. He began to be in want. When our children come to, them, come to themselves and they began to look at us, they look back over the years when we were in church and find out how blessed we are. They will see when we give in tithe, paying tithes and giving offerings and being a blessing in the work of the Lord. My second daughter says, you know, daddy, I don't have a problem giving tithes because I've observed you give tithes down through the years. I said, thank God for that. I don't get in no discussion over whether the person feel that it's Old Testament or New Testament. My point is that if you believe that you're going to be blessed that way, that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you won't have room enough to receive it, that's going to be on you. I've yeah. accepted that. So no matter where I go, mine is, I'm going to give God what belongs to him. And in so doing, not only do I realize these are not mine, this is not my money, this is not my house, this is not my job, all that I'm going to give back which do God. Therein, I invest in God. So when I retire, I said to myself, I don't intend to be paying a house note. God has blessed me over the years, my wife and I, that in a note, I'm the only person that was working outside of the house. The wife worked for some short time before our first child. After that, we came into a decision and agreement that she remained at home. So she has been at home working with the children over the years until they were grown. Now, She's so blessed that she's able to go and do whatever she wants in the Lord. But the point, though, was this, that I made the decision, even though we had the one paycheck, and I went to court once, and the person says, what do you do? I says, I'm a field engineer. He said, what did your wife do? I said, she's a domestic engineer. So they're listening to it. Then I said, that's called a housewife. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I did that in court. I said, yes, she's a domestic engineer. <laughs> so they kind of yeah, looked at it and thought it was true. I said, but I want to keep in mind that oftentimes the person that's at home may be doing a more yeoman's job, a harder work than me that's going out of the house to get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. But God has so blessed us 
that uh, the children are grown and uh, we yet are blessed. Thank God that they're, as far as I know, they're not on drugs, they're uh, not in jail. And I told them, when it comes to living for the Lord, ideally you want to live saved. If you have not gotten saved yet, at least be good citizen. And I thank God for those that are not saved are good citizens, and I believe in God for their salvation. Challenge number four, integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Don't bow down to swine. Whoever wants what you should hold valuable, don't sell out your integrity or your virginity. Challenge number four, integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. So in Luke, it says, verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk of the swine that did eat, and no man gave unto him. Part of our integrity is this. Even though they was talking about natural swine, if you're not careful, you spent years to establish your integrity as a man or woman of God. Don't look for power and position and you sell yourself out to get power and position. Your integrity should mean more than that. If you're a young person or if you're an older person, have not gotten married, don't give up what really is valuable to you, selling out so that that person said, well, I love you, baby. No, no, no. Save it until you get married. Let me point out, I'm in agreement with both man and woman. Don't let me just say to women that they need to hold on. No, you need to hold on as well. Because God is calling us to righteousness. And in so doing, don't lose your integrity or your virginity. So this man, as young man, went. And he found himself going out to the swine. And Jews don't have any dealing with swine. We need to watch ourselves, keep our integrity. Again, if you're looking for power and position and influence and whatever, don't sell out on your job. Take an kind of job and people will look and say, I thought you were saved. You need to remain safe on your job and your home and your neighborhood. They should see you anywhere and be able to see that you're maintaining your integrity. Challenge number five, humility is an attribute that a parent should teach through example in everyday living. Again, number five is humility. Acknowledge that they don't have, being humble speaks to, we acknowledge that we don't have it all together all the time. We know the difference between self-confidence and pride. We seek to add value to others. We also take responsibility for their, for our actions. And we are continually filled with gratitude because we realize it was God that has blessed us, not we ourselves. So part of the humility is, is demonstrated to our children as we interact with individuals uh, in the extended family with our relatives. We also work at humility on our jobs. We do the same thing in church, regardless to our title of where God has so blessed us. Be mindful that humility is part of godliness. And that's something you want to have your children observe about you, regardless of what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you have, regardless of the education you got. They should see within your interaction with other people that you are humble before the Lord. You don't have pride, but you don't deny that you got confidence. Sometimes people look at somebody that got confidence and think they're prideful. But you can yet have confidence in who you are, what you're about, and yet not walk in pride. So the humility part is this, verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Part of the humility aspect is when we have messed up, we don't just keep wallowing and just basically say, I have messed up. Humility says, 
I know to at least get up from here and go back, swallow my pride if I've got pride, the reason why I'm in the predicament I'm in, and I'll go back to my father as well as the knowledge to God, I did wrong. I messed up. It didn't work like I thought it worked out. So I humble myself and says, I learned this from home. I've seen my parent or parents humble themselves, regardless of what they had. If things didn't work out, they were willing to admit, I'm sorry, I did wrong. It didn't work out. Therein, when the son finds himself having gone out, spent it all, and messed up, found himself in a bad situation, he should not have lost his integrity nor the humility to be able to get up and go back home. Challenge number six, never give up on prayer. Keep looking down the road for your child to come home. So as parents, we cannot keep our children if they choose not to want to live safe. But what we can do is keep on praying. And if they take what they conclude is theirs that we have saved and we've invested into them and they take it and leave home, you keep praying that God would get a hold to them wherever they are, allow for their circumstances and their situation to bring them to a place that they realize, at least I can go home. I'll humble myself. I'll go on back home. And it says, um, verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. I'm saying part of keep on praying. But as you keep praying, you're looking down the road, figuring that your son's going to show up. You don't just go in the house and say, oh, well, he's dead. I don't know where he is. You keep praying and you keep going to the door looking for and expecting for him to show up. Because the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Keep on praying. Keep on believing God. And your faith should say, I'm going to look out the door to see when it's going to come down the road. It may have been five years. It may have been 10 years. But keep on holding on. God is able to hear and answer prayer. But you have to believe in that and accept. And part of believing in it is your action should show that I'm going to keep going to the door. What do you keep going to the door? He hasn't been in in two years. I'm still looking for him. I believe my prayer is going to work. I'm believing God. So that way, even the children understand and see your faith of believing. It may not show up when you think it should, but just keep on praying, believe in God. And you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God's going to do it, and you say it is so. When all is said and done, let your mouth speak. Revelations 12 and 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives until the death. God has already put the blood over them. God, in your prayer, has said, God, cover them. Even though they are outside of the ark of safety, get a hold of them. Turn them around. Get them to come to themselves. So wherever they are, whatever situation they find themselves in, hopefully your prayer and our prayer and the saints pray, that person will come to themselves and say, you know what? I'm going to go home. I realize this ain't working for me. <laughs> I'm going home. Now, you just spit off. Let me make a point on that thing about where the father gave to them all his living. He had worked over the years and did the things necessary to provide an inheritance for his two boys. Sometimes going back to uh, us not being mindful that whatever we have done and accumulated over the years we're not taking that stuff with us. So when we leave or get sick or whatever, our children will say, I'm going to sell that stuff. <laughs> don't get upset with you. <laughs> don't get upset with you. You realize that they don't have the same appreciation for your stuff that you thought they should have. I'm but when all is said and done, part of the challenge is we need to let go of stuff. Otherwise, we think it belongs to us. We can get sick, and we can actually see them coming in and taking stuff out. And don't let yourself get depressed and discouraged thinking that you're going to have this stuff always. Recognize that we are not here trying to abuse and think that this is mine. Let it go. I know when all is said and done, they should, they should ask for permission or whatever, but the intention is to be challenged that we are here to let our children know, I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. 
God has blessed me with this job. God has blessed me with the wherewithal to take care of you. And sometimes people are struggling and they will think that surely you would appreciate it. These two boys did not really appreciate all that the father had done. And you could stay up late at night crying and worrying over if the Lord don't keep the city, if the Lord don't keep your house, if the Lord don't keep your children. One note on that is, sometimes we are watching over them when they're still at home, they go off to college. You cannot stay up at night because you're no longer there, especially if they go off somewhere. Whatever you put into them, you hopefully will believe that they will be mindful to remember what you instill in them. Otherwise, I don't care how you stay up late at night when, you were, when they were at home, now that they're away, you got to believe God. You got to trust God because God is the one that's going to be able to keep them. Challenge number. All right, let me finish up. Uh, go back to verse 29, which is never give up on prayer. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father was looking down the road waiting for him to show up. So rather than wait for him to get all the way home, he ran out because I've been looking for you. He ran out and had compassion on him and he fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. When the sinner, whether it's your son, my son, my daughter, your daughter comes back home, we should all be shouting together for the soul that has come back and that God had mercy on us and saved our son and daughters. And we should be rejoicing together. Don't look at the other person saying, well, uh, I'm glad for your son and just, no, no, no. That should be a rejoice. Heaven, the angels in heaven rejoice over the sinner that comes back. I'm saying there needs to be an attitude of prayer and gratefulness and appreciation, not only for my son, but for your sons and daughters as well. I want to be praying for them. I want to believe in God for them. And when God brings us into the attitude of being prayerful and looking down the road, I want to look down the road with you. So when yours come and mine come, we can go and shout together. So he says he got the servants together, says get the fatty calf, kill it, uh, let us eat together, let's make merry, put the ring on his hand, put the rope on him, and let us be able to appreciate who God is and what he's done. Number seven, challenge number seven. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the call according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. Have our children, this is the question. Have our children heard us accuse God of causing the disappointments in our life? We should not be to where our children have observed us accusing God for the difficulties that have come in our life. Sometimes we're the cause of it. James 1, 12 and 15. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust have conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. If we have any of the issues because we sin, because we are um, seeking after trying to abuse the things that God has, this is my money, this is my house, this is my children, this is my wife, and so forth, my husband, and we get into disappointments, beginning to hurt, and things are not working out, what we need to do is check to find out if we yielded to temptation. We then yet need to honor God because we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. I heard uh, a preacher some years ago, he says, 
good plus good equals good when it comes to leavening. Bad plus good equals good. And bad plus bad equal good. And somebody said, well, how in the world can bad plus bad equals good? When you love him, all things are working together for the good. So I don't care how you want to add it up. When it's working for the good and you love him, it's going to turn out good, even bad plus bad. So let me finish up. Verse 25. Now the eldest son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, mm -hmm. thou killest for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. The significance is knowing that challenge seven, all things are working together for the good. When you have lived a godly life in the presence of your children, you have strived to do those other six things, challenges, so that we keep our integrity, we build on the foundation of the word of God, uh, we have humility. All those things brings us to a place that we are not only teachers and encouragers of our children, we have set an example over the years so that even behind closed doors, they will see us having integrity. They'll see us having humility. We're not talking about the folks at church that we have an issue with. You keep that to yourself. You pray on self. Because oftentimes it's not them, it's us. And we're busy looking at somebody else and say, well, they need to do this. Fall on your knees and find out if it's me. Mm. But with that, I wanted to point out, even with seven, knowing that all things work together, I have worked at not letting my children, regardless to what they did, how they did, or how they want to come back to me and say, Daddy, you should have, could have, would have. I have told them I did the best that I could. When I knew better, I did better. And I'm not going to let you take me on a guilt trip. Oftentimes, parents find themselves having done their best to their ability. And the child come back and say, you should have, you could have did this, and you could have did that. If you did the best that you can, that's all you can do with what you have. My encouragement to you is don't let them take you on a good trip, guilt trip. You did it. You honor God and God will bless you accordingly. But the enemy was come and even use your own children. And sometimes we done gave our best and we did from it and they seem like not to appreciate it. You one will end up with a stroke or heart attack. When all is said and done, you give that back to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you. I did the best that I could. I endeavored to live saved for him. And I don't care whether you're a missionary or a preacher or a bishop or apostle or whatever. Our children, we can't make saved. It takes God to save them. So again, do your best. Try to serve the Lord in the beauty of holiness that God will help you raise children. And finally, in those areas to where you may be a single mother, and you have sons especially. Make use of the men of integrity at your local church. Allow them to be around somebody. If the father's not in the house, be around those that are good examples so that they can encourage them. They can help raise your son as well as your daughters. Same thing with the mothers. When all is said and done, it still takes a whole village to raise a child. All right, preacher. It's back in your hands. Amen. 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 I brought it all back. You brought it all together. Thank you. Praise God. I just thank God for the message. I thank God for the messenger. I was looking at uh, Bishop is on uh, following you. He has shared uh, this podcast on, on his Facebook page. And so we want to say to Bishop uh, Warren Dar Darris, 
Uh, God bless you, and thank you for joining and sharing. Uh, Brother Poindexter, who's also looking and watching on, and others, we praise God for you. And thank my guests that are live with us. Um, I want to ask you, uh, elders, for excellent teaching uh, as you shared those seven foundational points of, right. of godly parenting. Um, I, I know that the uh, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I missed number three. I thought it said invest um, in God. Was I was I correct with that? Yes, you it just says remember your childhood foundation. Seeking God first and keeping God first in our lives. Invest with what God has given by giving back your tithes, your offering, your treasures, Amen, and your talents. Integrity, yes, uh, humility. Um, let me see number number six was never give up on prayer. Hallelujah. And number seven is always remember all things work together for the good, for those that love God have been called according to his purpose. And and you concluded with finally, even for single parents and for fathers and mothers, surround your children with godly men and godly women and godly people. So we thank you for those foundational principles. My head's been going up and down because I've been <laughs> writing and, and then watching the screen and, and praising God. Great word, great teaching. Thank you. Uh, uh, I see uh, Doris Ham on. We thank her as well. But praise God for what you're doing and how you taught this lesson. Let me open it up. And those of you that are listening live, uh, if you want to put something up, I'm watching it on my phone. I can't do it on the on the computer at the same time. But if you want to uh, have a question, put it on the uh, uh, in the box comment box because I'm watching it on my um, telephone, so we can respond and ask them a question if All you right. have a question or comment. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, uh, Evangelist Gene and and then Brother Stan Deacon Nevels, Stanley Nevels. If you all want to share. Uh, any thoughts and comments and and just I thank God for the message. Um, those are the principal foundations that are that are truly needed in the world. The application of what you gave was excellent. And so I pray that people will watch this and take notes uh, because not only did you give the foundation principle, but you aligned it with biblical text. All right. And so we're so grateful for that. Uh, Evangelist, you want to share any thoughts? And then Pastor uh, Deacon uh, uh, Fowler, I mean, Deacon Nevels. Thank you. Thank you, um, Elder Seals. And, and thank you, um, Apostle. Um, yes, um, they, they, those were really. Um... Don't make me apostle. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is the title again? I don't remember. <laughs> Elder, Elder, Elder Reed. Elder Reed. Oh, Elder Reed. Well, that's all right. I, I, I'm probably speaking prophetically then. Amen. <laughs> so, Elder Reed, yes, those were, I, um, I wish, like, you know, this um, younger parents or young parents could really hear, you know, these principles and abide by them because once once you do them it will as you said um elder seals um the scriptures were dear to back it up and i like the story of the of the prodigal you know i like that story and when he when the the part that touched me when he spoke about the father looking out for the son Mm -hmm. all this time it's a type of praying Yes. I, I see that right there. I, 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 he looking out. It was he. It wasn't just physically looking, but he was praying all this time when his son was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even when it looked dim and bleak and looked like oh, who knows how long he was out there. Did it ever say how long he was? It out didn't there? say. Okay, but we figure it was a long time because it must be a lot of money he had and he. Automatic, yes. <laughs> yes, so and he went from being rich to the pig pen. So that father was praying all this time. He was praying, and that's why he could run to him when he saw mm-hmm. him. He saw mm-hmm. him afar off, and that was what right. again stood out to me. You know, he saw him afar off, and he was able because he was on the lookout. So I agree yes. with you, sir. 
when our when we have wayward kids and wayward family members, we should always be on the lookout for them. Die looking out. Amen. Uh, and that means praying for them. Don't stop because mm -hmm. the power of prayer is powerful. It's powerful. Thank you again, sir. Thank you. God bless you. That's a, that's, you know, the, the, and I thank you, Evangelist, because what that speaks to also is the effectual fervent prayer uh, of, of, of the effectual fervent prayer of the, of the uh, veil as much, meaning that when you have expectation of that prayer, that you're trusting by faith mm -hmm. in God, that you've put enough in your children that you believe. And I want to go back to what you started off with. And, and that was the fact that when we, when we, uh, our children, those, those life time experiences as children so mm -hmm. we don't learn to forgive even if your parents weren't forgiving people you still gotta learn how to forgive and let go all right otherwise that negativity that hate that anger that bitterness the angst of life the schisms the hatred in the world the jealousies all of that gets embedded in us and hinders us from being what what you uh, said at towards the end in verse six uh point six and that is um, uh, all the, the follow the, the word of God. What was that? Um, all all things work together for the good. So when all things are working better for the good, then, you know, because I was like, what are you talking about? The bad equal the bad is good. Because well, nothing that God allows you to go through is going to come out bad if you do it his way. If you love so it, yes. He allows yes. us to go through. He said, have you tried my faithful servant? And so, mm -hmm. and expect jealousy because the son, the son that stayed home was jealous. And that was an example of jealousy. But the integrity of the father showed him where he even erred. And so it teaches us lovingly to say, you have me always. I'm just here with yes. you. But yeah. he went away. And I'm forgiving him. And that's what God gives us an example of. So thank you for that powerful, powerful teaching. Brother Stan, did you want to share anything? And I didn't see any uh, comments here because it's moving too fast. I'm full that I can't watch and keep up, but anything else? Well, Brother, I, did appreciate, I appreciated also the uh, foundation principles. It would be nice if we could get them out there uh, where others could see that. And I too am praying for my a couple of grandkids who are just out, uh, out there. But I know that um, I, I asked their mom to be praying, but uh, I know I could long as I'm here, I can stand in the gap. And so the other thing mm -hmm. is that when he wasn't just praying, I mean, he had expectations, so he looked down the road. He was expecting, and we don't know how long it took, but he was expecting. So yes. I, I'm expecting as well. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's faith, you know, that, that what you taught us tonight. It, it really, it, it, even though we talk about the spirit of, of, of integrity, that, that is really a, a, what's missing in the world, your humility. Uh, you, you cannot have integrity and not have humility because along the way, your humility is rooted in integrity mm -hmm. because you're not functioning as your own. You're functioning as a servant of God. You know, Amen. you're a steward of the kingdom. And so what, what the whole story of, of the parable of the lost son is, is that he, he, God was just, he shows us in this story, God welcomes us not when we're dead, mm -hmm. but every day, every day, if you just ask him to forgive you, if you ask him to strengthen you. And our prayer lives moving to another level of prayer, of making a list of what a, just don't don't make it too complicated. Just list three, four, five things. What major things do you want to focus on and ask God for? That align, and then ask them, God, is this your will? But here's some things that I'm struggling with. And so we live in a world that prayer is not, and Bible study is 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 not the principal foundations of the church anymore, especially prayer. And we have churches that we we only have a few teachers. And, and God gave teachers. He gave the, the office of teachers to the house mm -hmm. of God. And so we just want to encourage all of those who have the gift to teach to keep teaching, even in this cold world. Because what you did for us was give us a foundation 
of why we must learn to love God so we can share that and become that model. What you demonstrated and talked about your wife early on, praise God for you, uh, evangelist, how the Lord blessed you with children and wonderful children and a husband who could afford to keep you, allow you to be at home and take care of the children and raise and still serve God. So we thank God. Everybody doesn't get that opportunity. But That's everybody true. Everybody has the opportunity to know God. Amen. To, to receive the Holy Spirit. So as we said early on, uh, Elder Reed, Mark Reed, uh, we ain't talking to some people that jumped in the pool and got baptized. For the All right. This, this age, water baptism ain't going to help you. That's just an outward demonstration, you all. Yes. You have said yes to God, but the only one that knows your walk is understanding these principal foundation of relationship, of prayer, of giving, of integrity, of earnestness and honesty, and being con be concerned about others and letting go of pride. I love that point that you made. Uh, I think it was point five, four of integrity and, and uh, no, number five in humility and, mm -hmm. and being able to, to have, believe in yourself with so much confidence that it borders on arrogance, but it's not arrogance. It's not pride. It's confident in what God has given you to do, even to the point where you learn to encourage yourself when others can't. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Because God doesn't want us to look to anybody else but him. That's true. So we can learn to encourage ourselves. And what 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 the parable son just tells us in this story, he got to the point where he knew where to go. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So we all fall out of grace. Mm -hmm. And so evangelists, we found our way back home tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. We found our way in a relationship with Jesus. Amen. And so I thank you. And I, I'm going to ask you if there's any closing comments uh, that you have. Um, and, and, and so, uh, brother Afkoff, God bless you for being on with us. I'm looking at people on the Facebook page. We've got people typing in and I'm trying to read it and talk to you at the same time. Um, but I want, well, to I, I can make a, make a comment on, uh, well, after that, I want you to, I also want you to close us tonight. I'm glad to ask you, uh, to close us in a prayer. Amen. All right. Well, again, I am honored that, uh, you allow for me to come on uh, your podcast and share uh, that that God has given me. And my intent is to encourage both the single and the married that even in the raising of children or those that don't have children, part of that passage from 1 Corinthians had to do with if you're single and you don't have children, you should uh, be doing those things that please God. Mm. Where the Lord ever gives you. So, Overall, all of us being the children of God should be in a love relationship with God, whether we're single or whether we're married, and keep that uttermost in our minds that whatever we're doing in word or deed, we should do it to the glory of God. But on the end where the son who was out in the fields, a part of what happened is sometimes we don't allow ourselves to associate with others, we in a sense isolate ourselves. So when this son that was been out in the fields, I have said when I taught on this before, was that if he had stayed in contact with his father, with his brothers and with uh, the servants, when the brother showed up, somebody in that house would have went out and got him. He wouldn't have to show up when he heard the music and asked what's going on. But he isolated himself such that mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not connected with the rest. I live in the house, but I'm not connected with it. Um, so that then, when he heard the music, why well, you got to come and ask? If you're really uh, diligent about being connected with people, they will go out of their way to come get you because they know you're concerned about your brother. But even people in the church, they know when you're phony, whether you pretended that you care about folks, when all is said and done, they kind of like say, no, he really don't care. He's not that interested. And they will leave you to yourself. But you need to, again, humble oneself and see it, see ourselves. I'm blessed with all this. Why is it I'm not connected with the servants? I'm not connected with the father. I'm not connected with my, my fellow brother, my personal biological brother. Therein, for us to deal the challenge and do as the whole village, 
We need to have these things and mindful. Don't make yourself an island. Connect with the body of Christ. Connect with your local church. Connect with your neighborhood, community, on your job. What will happen is we'll get on our jobs because we saved and sanctified and don't connect with the people. Somebody may live in your, your, your surrounding area. And if your car breaks down, they could give you home. But you don't know them because I don't talk to those people. Well, you 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 have opened up uh, another discussion for another time for sure, because <laughs> we live in a time where people um, live next door, and we it's not like when we were children that you knew everybody. Uh, it's very difficult times. People don't trust one another anymore. Um, you would always speak to the children. Now you're so careful around other children. Uh, you're so careful with everything um, because it's, it's wisdom too. But like you said, and I totally agree with you that there is a need for us as a people of God to draw closer to God and to, to not just uh, have this powerful spirit and knowledge being locked up in the four corners of the building of the church. And I truly believe what you just spoke on and taught is the foundation of God's word is so missing in the world today that God has shut churches down and people are falling further and further away. And all they got to do is call on his name and welcome him in. It's so simple, but we're, you started out talking about how our minds and what's in us and all the different experiences. So if you spend so much time watching all this media and all this, this social media stuff, that you don't spend enough time with who created you. The king of kings is your father. All right. He is our dad. He is our father. He is our creator. And can you imagine if we get people to understand that everything that I need is already in me because he put it there. And everything that I need to understand, if I get a relationship of intimacy that comes with integrity, that I can go to God who gives me that integrity, that gives me the cornerstones that you just preached on and taught on, that all people draw closer to God. And that's what God is calling us to, if my people who are called by my name. And so we have to humble ourselves, people of God that's who true. are listening. That's true. This is no longer about how much you know. It's how much do we share God's love. Yes. Love is missing. Parenting and loving our children and each other's children and wanting the best for everybody, not just for me. Amen. Amen. And so Amen. I thank you for this powerful teaching on godly parenting skills. Um, it was called tonight, Seven Challenges of Godly Parenting. And Elder Mark uh, Reed has done an outstanding job from the scripture text of Luke 15 and 11 through 12, uh, 32. He also shared with us uh, 1 Corinthians 7 and 32. And so there were several others, uh, 1 John 2 and 15, Romans 8 and 28. So there's, he, he, he downloaded, <laughs> what, he, he downloaded in us what God downloaded in him through the Holy Spirit. And that, brothers and sisters, as I turn this to him to close this out and clear, and then I'll give a closing comments, uh, announcements for next week, that, that we want to thank God for you in this message and that we continue to draw close. I pray and believe God will continue to have you on again. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Elder Evangelist Green, um, Jean, I've been praying, and Brother Stan, um, Deacon, I've really been praying, people of God listening, if you would touch and agree, that God not only opened doors for us to teach more, but I'm looking to be able to have an ongoing series of different teachers coming online to teach God's word on the podcast, but a different day. Right. I love to teach. And I believe God is connecting us to begin to teach more. Um, and I'm reaching out to seniors for prayer. Our ministry, AJS ministry, is rooted in prayer, teaching God's word, and then preaching if we get an opportunity. We don't need more preachers. We need teachers who are preachers that can teach this word. Come alive in Jesus' name. And so we lift up the name of Jesus and we thank you and ask you to close us in prayer. And, and I'm so grateful to you. Uh, you called me two days ago and here you are. So thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> and to Apostle 
if he listens to this apostle, uh, James Burke, uh, who's working on his dissertation, uh, and prophetess um, uh, Deidre Burke, I thank God for you all. Thank you for letting me know uh, Monday that you couldn't be on or Tuesday. I praise God. God gave me a ram in the bush. So tell the apostle, a chief apostle, I said thank you, and tell your bishop, I said. All right, sir. Close us in, in the word. Our gracious God, we praise you. We magnify you for all things. We thank you for this podcast. We thank you for this man and woman of God who has allowed for you to work in their lives to make this possible. We pray now that you would touch him, touch his companion, and even as requests for opening the doors for more teaching and being able to minister into the lives of others, as well as bringing on more teachers to be able to impart the word of God for the salvation of souls, as well as the edifying of the body of Christ. Bless now his ministry, bless his family, undertake, oh God, for all those that are listening in, whatever they are going through, whatever their challenges, bless, oh God. And again, bless this, thy word, that God, you will move in the hearts and minds of your people, that we will be challenged. Bless parents everywhere. Have your way in their lives, especially saved parents. They can be a light unto those who look on and see that the parents are saved, even though they may be struggling with their children. Have mercy Amen. upon us. Cover them in your blood. Have your way now, God, and bless us together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 To all of you that are listening, we thank God for you and praise God. Thank you so much, uh, Evangelist Gene. We're going to have you back on the first of the year, probably in Jan uh, February. Uh, next week, uh, I'll be teaching uh, as the Lord leads because that's uh, two days before Christmas. So I'm sure it'll be a message about the birth of Jesus Christ. And and so one couple announcements as AGS Ministry. Again, thank you, AGS Ministry. Uh, the tabernacle of, of, of uh, fire in you. want to thank you for being our special guest. God bless you, Elder Green. I see you waving. Uh, to all of you that are, that are leaving us next uh, month in January, we have already confirmed every week. And so we're going to begin a new class January the 18th. Uh, I'm not going to announce the name of that class yet because the, the Holy Spirit is dealing me with I was going to teach on the tabernacle, but I'm being led to teach on prayer and the prayer All strategies. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm reading something that the Holy Spirit led me to. Uh, so I'm, I'm struggling. I have a 254 book on the tabernacle dwells in you that I wrote. And my wife and I self-published it. Um, but but I, I'm being pulled to prayer. So keep us in your prayers. God bless you. Amen. If we don't get to talk to you again, Merry Christmas, everyone that's listening. Merry thank Christmas you, as well. Doris, um, and thank you, uh, Darius. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Prayer Tower Ministries, Church of God in Christ. And also give a shout out to Chief Apostle Ray Lee. Thank you all so very much. All God right. bless you. Thank you so much. Again. God bless. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bless you. Thanks, Brother Stan. All right, Deacon.